Paul the book guy. Ooh, Paul the book guy. Um, I forgot. No. Oh no. Recording live from Port Credit, Ontario at the Southside Shuffle in Memorial Park, this is episode 012, Southside Shuffle. Paul the Book Guy is brought to you by Audible. Go to paulthebookguy.com audible and get a free book just for signing up for a free trial. Hi everybody, I'm Paul the Book Guy Alves, and normally I'm joined by Chris and Greg, but they are off fighting crime today. Book signal went off, and off they went in their bookmobiles. But uh, in, in all seriousness, they had some important reasons uh, reasons why they couldn't be here, but they will return next week. Uh, we are recording on location right now from Southside Shuffle, which is a uh, southern United States and blues themed festival that happens every year in Port Credit, Ontario. Uh, we're here at Memorial Park, just by the Credit River. We happen to be set up right beside the Mississippi Queen's Catfish and Seafood Shack. The festival organizers here were nice enough to provide us for space to do our podcast. And uh, the Mississippi Queen herself, Connie, is uh, right beside me now dishing out her excellent catfish and gumbo. She's uh, been uh, feeding me and uh, all our guests all night, all day long, pretty much. It's nice to see someone cooking with fresh fish and vegetables. Uh, I'll bet you if Gordon Ramsay invaded her kitchen, she'd be the one calling him a plonker teaching him a thing or two, kicking, kicking his ass out of there. Uh, all the plates I'm seeing going in the recycle bins are like clean. Uh, I'll put a link to her website in the show notes as well for today's episode, 012, Southside Shuffle. Now before I get started, I have to let you all know that this Tuesday at 7.30pm Eastern Standard Time to about 9 o'clock, I'll be guest hosting the Bear Crawling Road Show, that's R-H-O-D-E show, which is on iTunes and also streams live. So this Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, you can go to www.bearcrawlingnation.com and listen to the Roadshow Live. I'm going to warn you now that uh, this podcast is no holds barred, explicit. It's from the edge. Uh, No topics are off limits. So, you know, normally, you know, it's semi-safe for kids to listen along with the Paul the Book Guy show. This one, I'm not sure. We'll be talking books, podcasting, and just about anything that comes to mind. Now, another podcast from the Bear Crawling Nation that I've recently started listening to is 7th Row Center. And here's a short promo explaining what that one is. Well, hey there, Phil. What do you say, Frankie? Say, Phil, you like movies, don't you? What are you, some kind of wise guy? What kind of palooka don't like movies? Well, have I got a podcast for you. Yeah? Yeah. It's called 7th Row Center, see? It's hosted by a guy named Alex the Movie Guy. He talks about movies, the movie-going experience, and like that, see? Say, this character ain't one of them critics, is he? Oh, no. He's a regular Joe, like me and you. He just loves movies, that's all. Well, what do you know? Say, where can I find 7th Row Center? 
Oh, that's easy. Just go to 7thRowCenter.com. Well, what do you know? Say, Frank. Yeah, Phil? What's a podcast? No! Oh! 7thRowCenter.com Coming up in a bit, joining us will be podcast favorite local Ontario authors and couple, Alec and Donna Carrick. You heard their children, Ted and Tammy Lee, singing our theme song at the beginning of the show. We also recorded with those two young whippersnappers a new kids' books jingle that we'll bring out next week. And I got to say sorry to our, our jingle maker, Jeff Smith, but these children did it for free. And for once in my life, I'm saying screw Atlas Shrugged, screw Ayn Rand's value for value concept. Child labor, you just can't beat it. The price is right. <laughs> we'll be talking to, uh, about Donna and Alex's books and more a bit later, so stay tuned. Now I'm going to start off the show with a couple of book applications, or apps as they're known, for iOS. I know Chris, the book guy, Jager, is a loyal Canadian BlackBerry user. BlackBerry being made, of course, by Canadian uh, Research in Motion company. But I'm more of an iOS guy, and I've been hooked since buying my first iPod. So for those of you who own uh, iPads, iPhones, or iPod Touches, uh, here we go. These apps that I've been enjoying lately use a system called BookTrack. You can search for them on iOS uh, in the App Store by searching for BookTrack, all one word. Now, what is a BookTrack? The fascinating thing about these applications is that they uh, have a book in them that you have to actually read the book. So you have to actually read the book. It's, it's kind of like a like the Kindle app or the iBooks app. However, in the background, they've timed interesting soundscapes to go along with the books, whether it be music in the background or sound effects, uh, fireplace burning in the background, depending on where you are in the book reading. The only, you know, this is fun. Like, this is fun. Uh, it's a lot of fun listening to, uh, or sorry, reading the Sherlock Holmes book uh, and having in the background, you know, you can put your headphones on, read it on your iPad or, or on your iPhone. And in the background, there's noise, uh, soundscape, they call it, that goes along with what you're reading. I enjoy it. It's, it's a novel idea. It's uh, sort of a mix between an audiobook and a book. It, it brings you, keeps you inside the uh the scene that you're in. Now, the only thing I find wrong about these apps is the way that it actually works. It sounds like a great concept, but the way it works is you have a little arrow on the right-hand side of your screen that flows down the page as you're reading. They allow you to adjust the timing. Uh, there's a, a way to synchronize the timing to the, your speed of reading. But I find that I end up getting too nervous reading this. Like I, I'm, I'm always thinking... The arrow's too slow. The arrow's too fast. I'm ahead of the arrow. I'm behind the arrow. It's kind of like uh, being reading a teleprompter. So uh, I, I'm, I'm saying right now to the app makers, you got to change this. And the way that they should work it is that when you're reading the paragraph that has that certain soundscape, it should be the only paragraph on your screen. And then when I swipe to the next paragraph or page or chapter, then the soundscape can change. That way I can read at my leisure because I'm never reading at the same constant speed all the time that doesn't happen i read some pages faster some slower and i just find that i keep looking at this stupid little arrow on the right side of my screen but i'm hoping that's something they can fix in the future but it it is a novel idea a lot of them are free now based on public domain books 
Sherlock Holmes, Ugly Duckling, Hansel and Gretel, The Selfish Giant, Ricky Tiki Tavi, etc. So uh, check it out. I mean, it's an interesting concept. Check it out. Search for B-O-O-K-T-R-A-C-K in the App Store. All one word. They have it for all the iOS devices. Get them while they're still free. And most of them are free right now. So check it out. It's an interesting concept. And I hope that they change the way it works to the way I'm saying, which is let me swipe to the next soundscape. Put the one paragraph that I'm reading on the screen. And when I swipe, then change the sound in the background. But right now it's a sort of follow the arrow teleprompter adventure game. But uh, interesting concept. Check it out. Book track doesn't cost you a penny. Go to the uh, iOS app store. And right now, I want to remind everybody, if you have an Android, an iPhone, or a BlackBerry, one of those smartphones, most of them, or all of them, have a voice recorder app that you can just click on a little red button that says record, speak your message, your message to the Paul the Book Guy show, and then there's a, usually another button that just emails out, and you can email paulthebookguy at gmail.com, emails your comment, we'll play most of them, unless it's, uh, you know... 40 minute speech but if you keep it to one or two minutes we'll, we will play your, uh, your voicemails and this week Jimmy from Free Hollow Books has a commentary on our jingles let's check it out hey Paul it's Jimmy from freehollowbooks.com again I'm calling you up about your jingles could you please get rid of them I mean seriously some of them gotta go there's a few I really like like fiction, fiction, fiction. When I'm at the bookstore and I just see the fiction section, I'm singing that. Or if I just hear it on the radio, or even in your own show when somebody just says fiction and they don't play the jingle, I feel like something's missing. But the jingle's like when you start off the show and it, you say the name of each one of the, the guys on the show and then you play a jingle that says the same exact thing. The, I, I think that's a little unnecessary and I'm just waiting for the show to start at that point. Uh, I won't tell you what I think uh, when I go through the religion section of the bookstore and see a Bible. Bathroom Bible. But uh, that's a pretty good one. Just take a close look at them. Uh, don't get all Curry and dvorak with them. And I'll be listening. Thanks for the comments, Jimmy. Uh, and yes, most of the people that talk to us about our jingles, uh, they have the same commentary that the, the jingles at the beginning of the show, as far as our names, are unnecessary, but that the other jingles do stick in your head. And most people, when they hear the word fiction, they hear in the back of their head, fiction, fiction, fiction. You know, or comic books, comic books. Or, or like you said, when they bring a, a book to read in the bathroom, or if they have one there that they read in spits and spurts, um, they hear in the back of their head, bathroom Bible. And, you know, it all helps to, you know, keep Paul the Book Guy in your mind and remind you to download it every week. But you are right, you are right Jimmy. We are going to get rid of the uh, the Chris Jager, Greg God, and Paul, especially the Paul the Book Guy. Jeez, you hear it like 10 times before the show even starts. We are going to get rid of those starting this week, as you've heard. And uh, from now on, we won't do that. But interesting story about that. My friend, uh, one of my best friends in the whole wide world, Terrence Santos, 
uh, the first time he heard the podcast, he already knew Greg. He knew Greg Ott uh, through, through me, and uh, he had no idea who Chris Jager was. So the, uh, right after hearing the first podcast, he called me and goes, Hey, man, who's Chris Jager? And I just know for a fact that he would not have remembered Chris's first and last names had he not heard the jingle. But I, I think we're past that point now with the thousands of listeners that for you know, some miraculous reason we've acquired over the last 12 shows. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get rid of those at the top. And uh, it's pretty much unanimous. We're getting rid of those. But we are going to keep our, our genre jingles and use them sparingly. And no, we're not going to get to John C. Dvorak and, uh, and Adam Curry. But I, I may still throw in a, an in the morning once in a while. Now, folks, there's a bunch of books I've read in the last couple of weeks that I really am dying to talk about, but I'm going to wait until Chris and Greg are here to chat with me about it. One of them being The Handbook for Lightning Strike Survivors by Michelle Youngstone. Donna Carrick, who we're going to talk to very shortly. It looks like she, they're on their way to the booth. Well, I mean, picnic table. Maybe next year we'll have a booth. This year it's a picnic table. But uh, her, The First Excellence, Falling's Map. I'm going to talk about that one soon. The Help by Catherine Stockett. Uh, I actually listened to that one, uh, audiobook directed by Gabrielle Ducure, who we are going to have on the podcast soon as well. So there's a bunch of stuff we're really going to talk about next week, but I'm just enjoying the festival here. The blues is great. The food is great. If you ever have a chance, if you're anywhere near Port Credit, Ontario, bottom of the Credit River, Lakeshore Road in um, your Ontario area of, of Toronto, come on down. Definitely next year we're going to have a booth. The blues, the music, the atmosphere is just wonderful. And I believe I see the Carricks coming, so I'm going to play something in the background while we get set up. And uh, very sure we'll be talking with them. It's about truth. Malcolm Stark kept an appointment with his soul to meet in a dream and died in his sleep. These things he feared, and in a sense these things might be called the hands of God, Reach forth against sin. It's about life. That was the year my father died and my mother had to start working again. That was the year that Mike Todd and his friends decided to make my life unbearable. I'm sorry, I can't do it, Rhett said, frustration coursing in every breath. I'm good at repairing, painting, whatever, but... He trailed off thinking of a way to convey his thoughts to the architect. It's about the human condition. As a parent-to-be, you hope your child will be perfect. Of course, you know she won't be, but that's okay. He didn't say anything. I finished unbuttoning my blouse and turned around. With the moonlight coming through the window, I could see that his face was wet. I started crying too. Il Desperandum, literary fiction in the audio format from the Bear Crawling Nation www.ndstories.com Hi, this is John Barnes, and I wrote Directive 51, Daybreak Zero, and Tales of the Madman Underground, and right now I'm writing The Last President, and you are listening to Paul the Book Guy. Hi, this is Scott Brick, audiobook narrator and chief cook and bottle watcher at scottbrickpresents.com, and you're listening to Paul the Book Guy. And live with us now are Don and Alec Carrick. 
Hi, Paul. Hi, Donna Paul. here. How are you doing? It's, it's Pleased to be here. It is great to finally meet you two in person. It, it is. Great so to meet likewise. you two. Back at you, as they say on Twitter. Back <laughs> at you. Back at you. They probably spell it with only three words, though. Yes. It's like B-A-U or something. That's right. I that's can't figure right. out what most people are saying on Twitter anymore. Yes. The language is lost. <laughs> yeah. No. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys been walking around the festival, enjoying the blues? or? We have. We've been enjoying the music and the sunshine. We're really lucky here. It's and a fabulous day. I mean, it's yeah, just The weatherman gorgeous. said rain. I was panicking trying to find a tent, and we didn't need it. That's oh. right. That's oh, right. No, it's I, I see your little ones are here with us. Yes, yes. Ted and Tammy Lee. Yes, and, and you, well, they're, they're waving. I, you, I'm, you I'm had, hoping. You had talked about doing a jingle, and I'm, I know I'm that they, they've they been will. practicing, Paul. Have they? Oh, they have. Practicing. We Plus, are definitely going to be recording the the opening jingle for the show. Yeah. Well, you know that every time Paul, the book guy, comes on that jingle, they dance. <laughs> they fact, do. <laughs> the kids will be happy to show you their dance right now. <laughs> Paul, the book guy, dance. Are they listening to every show? They yes, are. They well, most of them. I feel bad for every customer I've ever <laughs> spewed out. No, don't. No, they've heard. They've heard. They might have heard worse from Donna. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> terrible because it's true. <laughs> uh, so, so the both of you authors, Donna, uh, just uh, read your uh, first excellence, Falling's Map. Thank you. Brilliant book. I've read all of Alex's bathroom Bibles. Don't take that as an offense. <laughs> no, no. no <laughs> they're, they're wonderful I, bathroom I, Bibles. I, I don't care where they're read as long as they're read. <laughs> I was going to say. It's just our, our term for the uh, the short story books that you can read in, in spits and spurts. But uh, I can't wait for your next one. Yes. I, he I hear it's in a pastel color as well. Yes, it is. It's a green. It's a light green, and it's uh, four scoops. I, my problem is I can never remember the titles because I'm, I'm up to four scoops. Four scoops is over the top. There you go. I think that's the name of it. That is the name of it, yes. Four scoops is over the top. And it features yes. both a dog and a cat. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Yes. And I yes. actually have, I have the title for the fourth one because when I started these, I actually planned a fourth one. And the fourth one loops back to be one scoop, and I'm not going to reveal the title right now, but it's absolutely perfectly appropriate. So, so you're taking the George Lucas route, where he, he started with Star Wars 4, so you went with two, three, four, now you're going back to one scoop. Yes, and there's a very good reason. Okay. Well, uh, the, okay, well, I will tell you the title of the, of, of the one scoop is all I have left. <laughs> Brilliant. There you go. Paul the Book Guy exclusive. That's right. You heard it here, folks. You heard it here right first. here. If, if I actually get through the book, the stories in, a, in, in one scoop. We'll see. Brilliant. Now, now Donna, uh, your, your book uh, focuses on uh, a young lady's return to China, to her homeland where she was born. That's right. And uh, I noticed. Yes, Li Faling. Yes. Li Faling, yeah. And it is, it was inspired. Uh, in fact, I came up with the story idea on, I believe it was uh, September 13th or thereabouts. We were on our way back from China. We were on the plane. Right. And uh, I had Tammy Lee. She was one year old. I had her strapped in a baby carrier on my chest, mm -hmm. sound asleep. She slept most of the flight back. And. Um, the story was just coming to me. I saw it as a short story at the time called Falling's Map. What would happen should she ever decide to go back to China? Right. And how would we feel about that as parents? And um, how would she feel about it? And uh, so it was to be a short story, but of course I am a crime writer, so everything ends up being a crime novel by the time <laughs> it's done. <laughs> and uh, hence it was... Um, no longer just about the girl's journey, so I had to come up with another title. Um, as I wrote it, 
the first excellence did become apparent as the title um, yes. for obvious reasons within it because of the whole the whole um, theme behind it you know is is really about that about no. finding what your excellence is and pursuing it and leaning on that for your happiness so. really. and how old is your daughter now she's nine she's nine she just turned nine this summer yeah, and your son is 13 all right and and uh, for those of you listening that they will have been the people who ha the, the children who have sung our theme song at the beginning of this show huh. We are recording that later, and we're, we're going to put that at the top and of the show. we have another son. Let me throw his name in as okay. well. His name is Tom, and he's 26. Um, he's only sung the theme song once or twice that we know of. <laughs> yeah. And, really? and, he, and he teaches guitar, too, so. Yes. Oh, I have a guitar, but mine's broken. Oh. It only works when other people pick it up. Oh. <laughs> right. So um, does Falling, uh, the main character in, in uh, First Excellence, does she have a future as far as a sequel, or do you feel the story is complete? She certainly does. Um, I, can, I can tell you that the sequel is set in Toronto. It's set in the uh, Chinese community in Toronto. Okay. Which is where she, of course, is raised and, and lives, and um, she is pursuing her education in law enforcement as the second story takes place. Uh, and you brought it all right back around to be to the crime novel theme, yes, of yes, course. Yes, of course. <laughs> yes. I thought it was a lovely ending to the book. Oh, thank the you. The way you finished it with the two uh, sitting, without thank spoiling, you. with the two sitting and chatting. Yes, um, yes. I actually got as far as chapter three when the final chapter came to me. And so I wrote it, and um, with very few changes, that is the chapter I had ahead of me the whole time I was writing. It was there in my Word document, labeled final chapter. That's why it doesn't have a number. I didn't know how many chapters right. the book would be. I saw that it was the only one labeled final chapter, yes. and all the other were numbered, yes. yes. So it was in front of me the whole way. I, I knew what it would be. And uh, so that was really gratifying. It kept me writing, you know? Yes. Now, how does how you, the two of you are both writing? Now, how does that? How did you meet? We met in the parking lot at uh, Southam, uh, you know, the newspaper chain Southam Corporation, on Don Mills. Their head office is on Don Mills and York Mills, and it was funny. Well, I, I the story I love to tell is that, um, you know, that uh, it was 1994, okay. and, and I find it increasingly hard to understand how people ever get together anymore because there's so many crazy people. I mean, you meet people <laughs> in bars, you can do it through dating services, whatever, but there's right. just a lot of crazy people out there. And, and it was just the wildest coincidence that Donna and I, we just happened to be stalking each other and that's how we, <laughs> that's how we met. And, and, uh, and, and that is actually kind and of funny. And that's under the heading, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> Donna was taking a course in um, a psychology course, an yes. aberrant, aberrant psychology. Abnormal psychology, and yeah. I thought he was the perfect subject. Yeah, so we started to talk, and she started to study me uh, in the parking <laughs> lot, and then we, we started to meet during breaks and, and that sort of thing, and um, very quickly, uh, like really, I, I date our anniversary back to the first date in November 1994 because yes. very quickly we were a couple, very quickly, and we knew we were a couple. And it's been 17, 17 wonderful years, and, and um, neither of us was writing at the time. I mean, I'm, I'm an economist, so I, I was writing economic stories, 
But uh, what, about 10 years later, you started to write, to write mystery the novels. stories. Uh, I was writing at the time, uh, but I was writing, you know, horrible, gut-wrenching poetry based on living alone as a <laughs> single parent of a child, you know. Yes. <laughs> so, not for publication, you know. Yeah, yeah and, and then once, once Donna started to uh, write and actually complete novels and so on, what she was doing, uh, on the weekends at our cottage, I started to realize, well, you know, why don't I start doing this? And plus the fact my work asked me to write a blog, an economics blog, and I don't know whether you can believe this, Paul, but writing about the economy is a little bit boring. <laughs> I'm, I'm I, when, I, when I mentioned your blog, <laughs> I, the first thing out of, I, I can't remember if it was Chris or, or Greg, first thing out of his mouth was, Paul, you don't really read an economist blog, do you? I'm like, no, no. It's, so, uh, it's evolved. His blog is very interesting. <laughs> I, I, I've got groupies for my economics blog. Why don't you plug yes. your website, Alec, while you're there? <laughs> www.alekcarrick.com, and it's A-L-D-X- C-A-R-R-I-C-K. But on the weekends, I started to write stories that to keep me interested and to be more interesting for people who would come to my blog site. And then the company, strangely enough, started to ask me to separate my stories from my economic blog. I don't know why. I can't even imagine why they would <laughs> they would have felt that way, that there should be some separation right. between what I was writing. Anyway, so my 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 humorous stories, my lifestyle stories are at my personal website and my economics blogs are back on the business blog. And, and then very quickly I found that I had 30 or 40 of them and I'd seen Donna publish a book so I published the first one, Two Scoops is Just Right. And then I had 100 so I did uh, Three Scoops is a Blast and now I've got 160. They're all up on my blog site but I've got three, no three stories, three uh, paperback uh, versions of, of the same stories and it's they're the scoop series with the fourth plan if I can work my way through them. Brilliant. That's right, that's right. Looking forward to uh, when does Four Scoops uh, is over the top? Four, uh, yeah, Four Scoops is over the top. It's it's already available in ebook format so okay. you can you can order it that way and it's give me, coming give me out. Give me a sec guys, sorry I gotta order it. Ah, sorry. <laughs> Please continue while I, I go to iTunes. Well, let me say that the print version is imminently going to be available on Amazon.com uh, any day now. It's, yes. it's in preparation. Yeah, I've, I've approved it, and it's we're getting our first personal copies within the week, and it's it'll be up on Amazon site. Any, uh, yeah, oh, any sometime next week. And the winners the of our giveaway will be pleased to know they will actually be receiving a copy of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but I got to tell you, the, the thing is, we really do concentrate on the ebook versions because that's the way it's it's got to go. Uh, yeah, you, right. you see, especially, and and it reminds me of uh, watching an episode of uh, Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares last night, where this restaurant was focusing on 90-year-old retirees, and I said, well. That's not the future of this restaurant. Hard you have to, to at least appeal to someone under 90. And, and when I see young kids now on the subway, they're all carrying Kindles or iPads. Oh, or phones, it. even. Or phones, yes, yeah. Absolutely. I can read on my phone. You know, and, I love and, it. and they are, they're the readers of the future. And it's, uh, thank God that they're reading, first That's of all. That's right. They're reading on a That's device right. that we never would have thought we would have had in our pocket when we were kids. Yeah. I've got a but, Kindle and a Kobo and an iPhone. And one day I'm going to have an iPad as well. 
I love all of them, in particular my Kindle. I love reading on my Kindle. It's beautiful. It um, doesn't strain the eyes. It yes. took me three pages to adjust to it. Um, and I read all my critique work on Kindle. I don't carry around reams of paper anymore. I don't red pen. I make notes on my iPhone. Well, I, I, I just love to tell the story that anybody anywhere in the world, if they have access to the internet and they have a computer, they can find our book, order it, download it, and be reading it within two minutes. Yes. I mean, that's how the publishing industry has changed, and it's, it's just an incredible opportunity and you, for and writers. And the thing is, you can also afford to sell the book for $2.99 oh, yeah. or $0.99. Cents. Absolutely. And, and Absolutely. still profit from it. I mean, it's still make you a living as a writer. You can readership without going broke. You can, right. you can uh, get out there and reach people. And uh, I firmly believe that quality work will find a way and will rise yes. to the top regardless. Um, people love to shout, oh, there's so much junk. Well, you know, when people aren't writing or aren't publishing, maybe they don't know what goes into the creative process. Right. I have a lot of respect for our fellow writers. You'll never hear me call anything junk. I might say something isn't my genre. It isn't what I prefer to read. Well, but I, I don't call I like, anybody's I like to say it's junk. not for me. Yes. But yes. if you're into skydiving, you know, yeah. it exactly. might be a great book for you, but that's well, right, you exactly. know what? We've been very conscious of the criticism in terms of quality or whatever, and so both of us have, have really concentrated on that area. And then Donna won the Indie, indie Book Event Award, the very first ever Indie Book Event Award for the first excellent. Yes. That and, was so exciting. And, and, sweetheart, speak up and mention my awards because I can't just blow my <laughs> oh, own Oh, yes, yes. And Alec has <laughs> twice been given honorable mention in the Lorian Hemingway Short Story Competition for 2010 and 2011. A blatant plug. For his, uh, in 2010, he was given honorable mention for his story, The Size of the Skip, which appears in Three Scoops is a Blast. And in 2011, for his story, Caboose Follies, which appears in Four Scoops is Over the Top. I didn't know you even knew the names of those. <laughs> I was going to say, good memory. Much less have wow. read them. Very good. I think yeah. she actually, actually read them. I think she might have read did. them, but I, I wasn't did. looking one I may one even time. have had a hand in the editing process. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, next book. And the formatting. Now, now <laughs> somebody said to me, did Alec do anything on this? <laughs> Did he just sort of give you the website address and say, here, make a book? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, I'm he kidding, I'm kidding, wrote and edited and They're, they're both based on out. Donna's dreams, but anyway, that's beside the point. No, that's not true. <laughs> not true. <laughs> now, now uh, I noticed your books are published through Carrick Publishing. Uh, uh, which is, is a is coincidence. That a, Strictly is that a coincidence? coincidence or that a is a coincidence, yes. <laughs> our ebooks are all, we are the official publisher of record for all of our ebooks, okay. Carrick Publishing. We also have worked with several other authors, but um, at this point we don't put out a, a call for authors because we both still have day jobs. And we cannot give yes. that kind of attention to that many people. can't give the PR. To, that's that's, that's the, right. the heavy so, lifting. But we do have of. a small handful of authors that we're working with until we make the transition into our retirement. Yes. This will be a second career. Um, and we're not going to get it, put the cart ahead of the horse. We're not going to take on more than we can really work right. on well. Yeah, but there is a funny story for how we came up with that name. Eh? Yes, there certainly yeah, we, is. We, uh, we were entering our, our works in competition, and somebody told us that they were had a, they were at a disadvantage because uh, they were self-published versus traditional. I was traditional, on a panel, actually, traditional at Bloody Words, 2008. So we realized we had to come up with the name of a publisher, 
And, and when we thought about it, we thought, well, the best in-your-face name would be <laughs> Carrick right. Publishing. That's yes. right. I was on a panel in either 2008 or 2009, Bloody Words in Toronto. I think it might have been 2009. And it was on self-publishing. And uh, one of the other authors had been a long-established, traditionally published author who had just released a book that she'd self-published. And she said the real problem as a self-published author is that you cannot get... Um, respected reviews. By respected, she means, of course, traditional reviews. Yes. I respect anybody who's kind enough to review me, and I respect all reviewers for their their hard work. They do a lot of work to try to promote independent authors. But uh, people who are still traditionalists, they want right. a newspaper review. They, they want, want a New York Times or, or a Toronto. Yeah. And so she said to me, unless you come up with a bogus publishing house name, something like Backyard Press or Basement uh, right. Publishing, you're not going to get those reviews. And I thought, well, and we, we had thought about bathroom publishing. <laughs> In honor of Paul the book guy. In honor of Paul the book guy. Yeah, but. but we decided that we just can't, we can't carry off that kind of dishonesty. So when we made the decision, we came up with Carrick Publishing. Right. Yeah. Brilliant. And, and you know, uh, again, going back to the kids walking around with the Kindles, they're not reading the Globe and Mail to get their book reviews. No. no they're going no. to Goodreads or... Yes, you know, they are. Yes, they are. Alec they're going Carrick's to Goodreads and Amazon. And, yes. And or Barnes Twitter. And Noble. Yeah. And, yeah. Twitter. Or, and we're on... We're on... We're both uh, very... Very, we love Twitter. We love the social we media. We love Facebook. Well, Twitter, that's how we met. LinkedIn. Yes, that's how we met. And I mean, I'm almost considered you guys. Well, no, I would say beyond I think acquaintances. We've been friends for yeah. quite a while. We've been friends while, for yeah. a while, and you know. I knew you immediately when we met face to face. That's right. <laughs> we, we've been tweeting back and forth. Now, when I first heard you were tweeting my wife, I wasn't that crazy about it. But, <laughs> but then I came to understand. I looked it up and you looked, looked it up, up in an online bad, dictionary. <laughs> I looked it up in an online dictionary and. And yeah, then no. it was all okay. <laughs> it was all fine then after that. As <laughs> long as we're not stalking, that's the main thing. <laughs> right. Only stalking each other like you did back in 1994, right. We, we've right? had a blast on, on Twitter, and, and we're parts of uh, some some hashtag groups, right, right groups, you yes. know, like Write Chat right and chat. Uh, Am Writing and Storycraft. And script Chat. We hardly get to Script chat, chat anymore, but it's a great place for yeah. screenwriters. E EPUB Chat. Uh, they're terrific yes. places yes, for writers, chat. and right. it's all over the world. I mean, this is just an incredible new world for authors and readers. It's people. We have friends just from everywhere. You, you talk about how you have people for the, the podcast from Saudi Arabia. Right. Well, we have, we have uh, They're actually number two after Canada. Wow. The United States comes in third. Wow. It's, it's just. <laughs> well, we got to get those, uh, those uh, U.S. friends of ours listening because That's right. it's a great show. <laughs> Thank and you. It's just amazing, amazing new world. Yes. Yes, it is. Speaking of our American friends, is it appropriate to, to mention on September 11th, our, our hearts are still it's with you? It's absolutely yes. uh, appropriate. Yes. Our hearts are, do go out to all the, the people yes. whose lives changed or ended yes. on September 11th, yeah. 10 years ago. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I mean, we, we have memories the, the same. Well, I actually, I, I did tell this story on Facebook. Uh, September 11th was my first day back at work, one week after my father died. So it's yes. just totally wrapped up in my memories of that whole period. I, yes. I went, that was my first day back. I went in, and I heard that this was happening, and I just went straight back home. Yeah, yes. I, I was, I yes. was uh, actually on my way to work. I owned a cafe with my friend Ross. And he called me on the way and said, I think New York is under attack. Yeah. I said, what are you talking about? I'll be there in five minutes. 
Yep. And sure enough, you know, I, I managed to get there in time to see the worst of it. And yes. It yep. was horrible. Yep. I was at my desk and um, it was about five past nine and one of my staff called in to say she was running a bit late. She was on the highway. You were still allowed to do that at the time. Right. And uh, she said, but Donna, something's really wrong. I just heard on the news there's something going on at the towers in New York. And uh, there's no air traffic above, not even traffic checkers. Wow. It's just dead quiet. So I ran upstairs to the newsroom at Canwest with the big screen TV. And about 200 of our coworkers also ran up and we were all watching this huge screen with a, an anchor, an anchor man was speaking and behind him was one of the towers that had been hit. And as he was speaking to us, we saw the second plane hit. Yeah. And that, that's pretty much when we all realized something. Yes, yeah. yes, and it went from accident to absolute horror, a dead silence through our entire building. Just. Yeah. Yeah. You want to ever want to see a cafe full of human beings completely dead, drop silent yeah. when the first tower collapsed? Yes. 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 Yeah. No. It was. Yes. Uh, it's it's a collective. It's one of those collective memory occasions. It really. is. It is. And there's no there's no limit on the people who are affected by it. It's one of those global events that really does affect everyone who was alive and probably generations. Generations to come, yes. Yeah. For a list of books and other items discussed on this podcast, go to paulthebookguy.com slash show notes. And we're back with uh, Donna and Alec, who are going to give us some book picks uh, before they leave and uh, return to the festival to enjoy the blues. Uh, Donna, do you, do you have a book that you wanted to? Uh, I sure do. Yes, thank you, Paul. Brilliant. I'm going to go with Breaking Lorca by Giles Blunt, and uh, Giles is a Canadian crime writer. If you Google him, you'll find he's got quite the biography. He did, um, I believe he did Law and Order episodes and things like that. He's most widely read for his John Cardinal series, which I love, and uh, all of my friends have also read the John Cardinal series. But the book of his that I love the best is called Breaking Lorca, and it is a standalone. And I think the reason I love it so much is because I read voraciously as a child. I read anywhere from two to three books every single day of my life growing up. Um, during my years in Saskatchewan with only CBC to watch at night, you know. Yes. <laughs> those were long winter nights. That could turn anyone to books. <laughs> and I would always love any book that could make me cry. And Breaking Lorca made me cry. It's not easy to do at my age. I'm a venerable old lady now, and that one still did. And I told Giles um, when I saw him at the 2009 Bloody Words, that that book did make me cry. So I highly, highly recommend it. You need to have a strong stomach to read it. That's okay. the only I'm, I'm going to pass because I don't know if you if you missed last week's episode. I I kind of broke down last week on a yes. on a stolen yes. life. So yes. I'm taking a breath. Every book I, I, I read now is going to have dogs and scoops of ice cream on it for a long, <laughs> long time. Wonderful. All right. <laughs> One or two of those stories may make you cry as well. And Alec, well, give a pick I, for us. Yeah, no, I, I've got a bit of a, a, a confession in that I, I've actually been writing so much for the past three years. I've, I've basically done a book a year for three years, and so I haven't been reading the same way that I used to. I've done a yes. tremendous amount of reading in my life. I, I took a summer off in university and did nothing but read the classics, and, I've, and when I was younger, I've read all genres. 
but I've listened to uh, a lot of your shows. I've listened to your shows, and I agree with some of the comments. I read The Girl with the Dragon tra Tattoo, and I, the first one I liked. I very much liked it, but I agree with the comment that um, either you or Chris or Greg made that the problem with two in the series was the characters weren't together anymore. They, they were separated, and so there wasn't the interaction between them. Right. So I very much liked one, but I couldn't go on to two and three. And then I heard a mention of uh, The Devil in the White City, and I'd forgotten how much I enjoyed that a couple of years ago, one summer. That was a fabulous book. Brilliant that book, that was, yes. came from out of nowhere, and it was really an awful story, but it was intriguing, and it was, it was really compelling. So I knew that there was another book by Eric Larson, and it's in the Garden of the Beasts. And it's a story of the U.S. ambassador in 1933 to 35 uh, Berlin, yes. when, when it was right on the cusp of whether or not Hitler would be able to maintain control of the government. So we promptly went out and ordered that, and I've read that over the past week, and I finished it this morning. And it's a, it's a tremendously researched book. It's, to me, it's not as, as driving and as unique as Devil in the White City, but still a very, very strong story, very interesting story. Ambassador Dodd was an interesting character, as was his daughter. He kind of stood alone. He wasn't really a heroic figure, but he did, he didn't make his point. And um, I liked it. it. It's documentary style. It's a little bit different style. So um, I would recommend it. I certainly uh, kept reading, and I got through it very quickly. Okay. And uh, we were chatting a bit before, and uh, Devil in White City, but we kind of all agreed a little bit that uh, the characters not meeting again. Same problem like you were just mentioning. Yes. With, with uh, yeah with the, uh, the second in the Millennium series. Uh, Donna's, Donna's book, First Excellence, she manages to, to weave so many uh, simultaneous timelines together and yet these characters meet and their actions have effect on each other. I'm always fascinated and in fact, I have a story idea that one day I'll work on seriously, just for fun, even if I can't make it into a book, because I'm always fascinated with themes of seemingly irrelevant events right that of course we know that there are no irrelevant events every every event has an impact and um, I'm always I'm just fascinated by how stories do come together and connect even if only peripherally you right. know? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and the funny thing with me and, and short stories and people wonder why I write short stories as opposed to novels or whatever and the truth of the matter is uh, the way I view it is uh, and this will sound probably crazy it might sound pretentious too as far as that goes but I really view my short stories collections as just one big story because right. they're taken from everything they're taken from the headlines they're taken from science fiction the characters really are all integrated in one way or another and it's just the that's the um, yes kaleidoscope right. of life, really. Yes, yes, yes. exactly. There is, the a, there is an interconnectedness of your stories. <laughs> and, you know, it's the I Ching Ballet, which is the yeah. name of my next Falling book. The ah. I Ching Ballet, because I do think of events in life as a dance, very much. And uh, if you know anything about the Chinese philosophy uh, that was handed down by Confucius of I Ching, um, it tells us that um, 
and, and I mean, I, I won't pretend to be deeply spiritual in these things or to believe that you can tell fortunes by yarrow sticks, but um, people who do believe it, uh, they're very fascinated by it and uh, they hold it to be very true. But I think that it's the playoff between fortune versus the fortune we make. Yes. The dance we choose to dance versus the dance we're given on strings. And that's why the title of the next one, and you heard it here first, I haven't published Another it yet. Another exclusive, that's two, two in a row here. Yes. Brilliant, brilliant. We'll, we'll post that and on the Chinese, site as well. in Chinese, that is Yi Jing Wu. Yi Jing Wu. There we go. Guys, I want to thank you so much for coming out today, and I hope that you'll... Uh, we can do this again over phone or I'd Skype. I'd love to. Uh, love to. This was a lot of fun. This is a lot Absolutely. of fun talking with you. Yeah. Um, next time, uh, maybe, well, you know what, not next time. We're going to get the kids to do the jingle now. Yes, yes. Right. I'm sure the listeners can't see me smile, but it's been a real pleasure <laughs> meeting you, Paul. It really has. It's been fun to meet you guys, too. Yes, yes, it's been a blast, and, uh, as they say. Uh, yes, it is a blast. Uh, Donna, Donna, and we we need to plug your website as well and Carrick oh, Publishing. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, well, I've got to uh, www.donnacarrick.com, but more importantly, I focus most of my efforts on uh, www.carrickpublishing.com, and that's where that's where you'll see most of my updates and information about our books and authors. You know, yeah, it's the Carrick Publishing site that has all of our books and, and links to uh, order them and everything. Yes, they're they're yes. all there. There's and the services we offer for I think there's 14 well. all together. Brilliant. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. It was, it a, was a thrill and it was a pleasure. Have a great much. weekend. Thank Enjoy you. the rest of the Blues Fest. Thanks. I know I, know I will. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Kimmy Alexander, creator of the Guardian series, about to take off any minute. And you're listening to Paul, the book guy. Book news. If you're constant readers over at paulthebookguy.com, you probably know all this stuff, but I'm going to repeat it again for all our podcast listeners. Our first story, book news this week, is that Amazon is, uh, according to the Washington Post, attempting to put together a package, a monthly package of books that you can subscribe to for a low monthly fee similar to the way that Netflix works. Now, for those of you in the States and Canada and around the world that have a Netflix subscription like I do, for only $9, $10, depending where you live, you have a uh, small catalog or medium-sized catalog now of movies and television shows that you can watch unlimited anywhere you are with your Mac, PC, or iOS devices, or Android, uh, or your Wii system, your Xbox 360, for, for 10 or 11 or $12, depending which country you're in, you can watch a limited amount of these things streaming live to your device. Now, Amazon wants to do the same thing. They want to put together a gigantic package of books that someone can subscribe to for a similar fee, 10 to $15 a month, where you can read any of those books you want as long as you keep up your subscription fee. Now, for someone like me, it makes sense. I read a lot, a lot of books every month. I, I am, after all, Paul the book guy, and I read a lot of books. So for me, $15 a month, I'll get my value out of it. And I think if, if Amazon puts together a decent enough catalog of books, that this will work. Maybe next week, uh, Chris and Greg and I can chat a bit about this, but I think this is something that Amazon should keep pursuing. Now, I'm only my only concern is that uh, independent authors will be uh, neglected in this package. I would like to think that if someone like myself or all the writers and write chat and on Twitter and 
and all, and all the nice independent authors that are out there are excluded from this, then I would say this is a fail. But if, uh, if Amazon allows us so that you can flag your book that you wrote as part of the package, I am all for this. I'm right in there. Could be great. Next story is that Robert C. Audie, friend of the podcast, writer of Siege of Skarn, the Trance Warriors series. Now, Siege of Skarn audiobook has been given the Reader's Choice Award, Silver Award for 2011 for Best Audiobook. And uh, this is one that I've just forgotten to, to mention on the podcast and we started it. I love that audiobook. I, I, I listened as an audio. It's uh, for those of you fans of Game of Thrones, like we all are on the podcast, fantasy series. Now picture a fantasy series as strong as uh, Game of Thrones, only the ultimate warriors in this series have an ability that none of the other warriors have. You still have your elves, you still have your your gnomes and your fairies and whatever, but the ultimate warrior in this series has an ability to stop time as far as they're concerned. Uh, picture the Matrix, the way that Neo could stop time and, and the way you watch the movie, time just stopped for him and he could kick a lot of ass in slow motion. The, the trans warriors have that ability and the, ma- the main character in this story, Connor, he can do that. He's, he's a demigod. He can stop time and, and if you can imagine how this could translate to film, I've always thought that this audiobook could translate well to film or HBO because I, I consider there, there's film, then there's HBO, and then there's television. Turn off your television, it's making you stupid. Turn off your television! But uh, on HBO or film, can you picture medieval warfare where one person has the advantage of being able to stop time and still move at regular speed? Can you imagine these slow motion uh, sword fights and arrow fights? Brilliant book, Siege of Skarn, Trans Warriors. I am going to bring it up, uh, bring it to the table soon when I have my co-host with me to uh, to en- enjoy the chat with me. But uh, congratulations, Robert, and uh, I'd love to see Robert Ciotti appear on the podcast. I-, I know he's a listener, or I think he's a listener. I'm pretty sure he is. Robert, give me a- a- an email at paulthebookguy at gmail.com. We'd love to have you on soon to chat about that series and about your award. Congratulations. Now, before I end the show, uh, I'm on my own here, but I did not forget the Think Geek item of the week. And I'll play the jingle. The Think Geek item of the week from thinkgeek.com. This week's Think Geek item of the week I saw on YouTube about two months ago. And uh, one of our good friends of the podcast, the listener, uh, Terry O'Hara, he runs Terry Toys. He, uh, he saw it, He's, he was amazed by it, and it's one of the items that he has in his repertoire as well. And we're waiting for an order. It's called Air Swimmers. Now, these are sharks and clownfish. Picture a helium balloon in the shape of a fish. Now, picture that attached to that is a, uh, like a little gondola. Kind of like, it, it looks kind of like a, a Zeppelin from World War II era. It's a little floating ship. The tail wags, and I believe the tail is part of the maneuvering system, and you have a remote control for it. So you have this inflated fish that you can remote control, and it's for indoors only, but you have this fish that can swim through the air, therefore the name Air Swimmers. Now if you go to paulthebookguy.com slash thinkgeek right now, or just search paulthebookguy.com for Air Swimmers or ThinkGeek, you'll find this item. Check it out. 
I believe at this point it's like $40 US or Canadian. Uh, what a wonderful gift for, for a small child or for, a, you know, a large small child like myself to be able to remote control this, this shark or clownfish through the house. Great joy for kids. Uh, it, it requires a helium refill. But if, if you find your local party store, and a lot of Toys R Us's have uh, helium balloons, you can pay a buck or two to refill them. And these toys last for two or three weeks on one refill of helium. Uh, unless you go outside, then it floats away. Bye-bye, see you later, fish or shark, right? But what a great toy. Go to the website, paulthebookguy.com slash thinkgeek. Click on the link to Air Swimmers. And uh, on thinking they usually have YouTube videos, and they have for this one. Take a look at that video. What an awesome toy for $40. I'm going to buy one for my favorite niece. And as she says, when I ask her, who's your favorite uncle? She says, you. So I'm going to buy one for my favorite niece, Maya, Maya Santos, uh, this week. I'm going to surprise her with it next week. Check it out. paulthebookeye.com slash thinkgeek. And that was this week's The Think Geek Item of the Week from now, folks, there's a reason that I asked Chris and Greg, good friends of mine, to join me for this podcast. I knew it would be a lot of heavy lifting doing this podcast alone. I didn't want to do that, and today I've had to do it. But uh, i got to tell you, man, I, I miss Chris and Greg, and I, I can't wait to see them next week. I also got to tell you, if you're going to go out for seven, eight hours at a festival and meet people and hand out bookmarks and chat with people... And if you are a person of no hair like myself, you really want to put on a hat. I am so sunstroke right now that I don't think this podcast is coming out on Sunday as usual. It's going to come out on Monday. And that's the reason. I'm just, I'm ready for a bed or emergency room, really. I'm out of it. So thank you very much for joining us. My name is Paul the Book Guy. And you guys have a great, great, great week. We'll see you next week. Back with Chris and Greg. All right, I just got handed a um, harmonica from the nice people at the Mississippi Tourism Board booth. And I hope it's not broken like the guitar I have. I have a guitar that's broken, and it only works when people who know how to play guitar hold it. When I hold it, it's broken. So I'm going to try to play on it right now. Um, the, the harmonica part from Dirty Old Town. Let's see what happens. I think this harmonic is broken. Can anyone else play it? <laughs> 